Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 192. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you so much for tuning in today. You'll have to forgive my voice a little. I'm battling yet another head cold. This one I picked up probably on my super long travel home. I was traveling Argentina with my wife and a couple of our friends, which was a wonderful experience, uh, somewhere I've wanted to go for many years. We spent some uh, some time in the beautiful city of Buenos Aires, which is a really kind of cool, hip town, especially in the Palermo neighborhood. As you know, I'm a big soccer fan, and we got to go to a Boca Juniors game, which is something I, I thought I would probably never get the chance to do, because even when you're there, it's actually really hard to get tickets. They don't allow away fans because of, of riots that have happened in the past, um, so you have to get tickets from a member. Anyways, we managed to get tickets, and the atmosphere in the stadium, which is called La Bombonera, is supposed to be one of the best in the world, and it did not disappoint. So that was one hell of an experience. And then we spent some time, about a week, down in the Patagonian Mountains. We did, uh, we did about fifty kilometers of hiking, and like which was about fifteen hours over three days. Half of which was on the first day. We did this twenty-five kilometer hike to a place called Laguna Los Tres, which is this beautifully clear lake that sits under Mount Fitzroy. We also went to see the Parito Moreno Glacier in Parque Nacional Los Glacieres, which was probably the underdog of the trip. I mean, I knew it would be cool because it's a glacier and I've never been to a glacier before. It's so much more vast than I ever expected. It's like 23 kilometers long and it pushes through this valley that's like four kilometers wide and it's constantly moving. There's a force pushing it down the, from the mountains and so there's constantly, it's like a self-replenishing glacier and so there's constantly pieces being broken off the front and so while you're there you can hear and see these huge pieces of ice crumbling from the glacier it's so loud and echoes through the whole park and you can see the ripples through the lake. It's, it's unbelievable. And uh, like I said, it was, it was the underdog probably of the trip. And so that was like way, way set. We were almost like we were close to the South Pole at that point. And then we came all the way back up to the north part of Argentina to the Iguazu Falls, which is this like almost seems like a valley of waterfalls that separates Brazil and Argentina. And it's actually right on the Paraguay border as well. And I've seen Niagara Falls a dozen times and it kind of puts it to shame because, I mean, it's in this beautiful jungle atmosphere and it must be like a hundred waterfalls. It's, it's incredible. And that was our trip. So if you're ever looking to go to Argentina, that's a great way to start. You know, there's so much more you could do too, but we only had a few weeks. And then we all just had a really long travel home in which we were all sick. <laughs> But here we are, back to the grind and back to life and, of course, back to podcasting. So that's why there's been a gap for a couple weeks. But as I promised, we would get right back to it as soon as I got back. And boy, do we have a sweet episode for you today. We are joined by Nathan Willett of the band Cold War Kids, which is a band that I've admired for at least a decade now. They've been around for two decades, but I became a fan uh, when their song first came out. And ever since then, I've been a fan and listened back to their, pretty much their entire catalog. So I met up with Nathan ahead of their show here in Toronto at the Phoenix Concert Theatre. 
We had an awesome chat in their tour bus, which is always a good time. And Nathan had a lot to say and a lot to talk about. And that was that was great. I, I didn't even look at my notes for like the first 15, 20 minutes, which is always a great sign. And we ran a little longer than, than we thought we would, which is great because there was a lot of great conversation. Like I mentioned, the band's been around for 20 years. So the guy has a lot of insight in the industry and making music and working with different people. Um, so this was a really, really cool chat. Cold War Kids have a brand new album that came out in November. It's called Cold War Kids, actually. It's their self-titled album. It's their 10th album. It also features one of my all-time favorite Cold War Kids songs. It's a song called Run Away With Me. So check out their self-titled album wherever you get your music. They also have a brand new single out called Heaven in Your Hands that you can also find wherever you get your music. And they are still on tour. I believe they're currently about halfway through their tour. So if you're interested in seeing Cold War Kids, check out their, their website or the socials to see if they'll be in a town near you. Now, if you are new to Cold War Kids music, we're going to do the Adamantium Recommend segment, uh, which is when I pick out five songs that are five of my favorites that you could listen to before or after the interview. You can also find a selection of these songs from across all the episodes on the Adamantium Recommends playlist on Apple Music. We're going to start off this list with something new, which is the aforementioned song Run Away With Me from their new self-titled album. And then going back to their 2017 album, L.A. Divine, I recommend the song Love is Mystical. From their 2014 album, Hold My Home, I recommend that song that introduced me to the band, which is a song called First. From their 2013 album, Dear Miss Lonely Hearts, I recommend the song Miracle Mile. And lastly, going all the way back to their 2006 debut album, which was called Robbers and Cowards, I recommend the song Hang Me Up to Dry. Robbers and Cowards is also really hard to say. Try saying that like 10 times fast. I keep wanting to say Roberts, which I guess is mixing robbers and cowards. Anyways, that is the Adamantium Recommends for this episode. Uh, again, check out the Adamantium Recommends playlist if you're an Apple Music subscriber. If you are a Cold War Kids fan and probably more seasoned than I am, then you know all those songs. Maybe you're checking out the podcast for the first time today. If that is the case, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome aboard. We hope that you will join us again sometime. So please do hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcasts. If you like this episode, I promise there will be many more to come, plus many from our catalog that you would also enjoy. We've had so many fantastic artists on this show. Truly blessed. Honestly, every day I can't believe it. And you can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on X at Adam R. Harrison. But you can also find us just by searching the Adamantium podcast. And that is it for this intro, so let's introduce you now to Nathan Willett of Cold War Kids right here on episode 192 of the Adamantium podcast. Enjoy everyone, have a fantastic week, and you'll hear from us again next week when I hopefully won't sound like a nasally horse. <laughs> here with Nathan from Cold War Kids and thank you uh, thank you for joining me today yeah this is really cool I'm a big fan thank you cool. yeah I'm a big fan um, uh, funny kind of a uh, fan I guess later in your career because first got a huge amount of play yeah. here in Canada yeah um, and that's when I first heard you guys and I've and, and then I've gone back and, and I, I've, I've been a fan ever since 
Um, but it got so much play here that I I thought you guys were Canadian at first. Ah, <laughs> I wow. thought it was Canadian rate. You know, they were playing. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so that that was that was something I thought I would share. That's with amazing. You. Yeah, we had. I want to say I think the song "What You Say." Okay. Had some had like some incredible statistic I was told about how well it did at alternative radio in Canada which is so rad I mean so great and then we also we did this song with the Arkells that I um that also I think got a lot of radio I was gonna I was gonna that was a question I had in here and I'm trying to remember now the name of the song off the top of my head but Arkells Past Life Past Life that's it Arkells those are that's our hometown boys okay great yeah Yeah, yeah. technically they're from Hamilton okay yeah um, which is just down the road Um, but they are like the Toronto band oh cool 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 yeah so how how did you how did you ever get connected with them um how did that come about? Uh, I think... Did you know them before at all, or...? We... Oh, we played a show... We opened for them a show in Hamilton. Okay. Um, that was us, and uh, we. it was, funnily enough, another collaborator was um, Bishop Briggs. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. She also was on the show, and we had a song together, and we performed that song, So Tied Up, together at that show. So Tied Up, yeah. And it was maybe one of the first times we had done it, because it was, you know... Um, cause we're like, we're here, let's do it. But well, I mean, we were like shocked at how big that show was Yeah, because we were just like, Oh my God. And Hamilton too. Are, they like, are like, yeah, they're the, the bar, yeah, <laughs> they play like, like the, the football play. stadium. Yeah. In, yeah. Like unreal. Yeah. So, um, so I, I think that's where we met them. I'm sure. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you know, kept in touch a little bit, I think, since then. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Max hit me up about doing that song. And it was, like, great. There was a studio in L.A. that was kind of nearish to my house. And it was, like, just a perfect, like, cool, cool, like, band was great. The producers working on the song were great. It was a very cool experience. And so had they, did they write that song and they got your voice for it? Or, um, yes. or did you guys co-write that one? I, I, I ended up, um, uh, let's see, I think I... I wrote my verse in a bridge. I gotcha. think it was the kind of thing where they allowed the space for that, which was so. It did cool. feel like a very kind of natural collaboration. Oh, cool. Yeah, you know? yeah. I thought yeah. all these guys must be buddies, you know. But yeah, those guys are. They're yeah. yeah you could tell like they're they're really old friends and they're, yeah. they're great and yeah it's cool we had this past life thing and I remember sitting in my car being like what can I you know write for this and um and oh man I forget the line right now but it. I remember it had, um, it had this, I wove this thing into it that was like about Bob Dylan, like being Bob Dylan's son, um, and, and how, ah, shit, what is it? <laughs> it was good. It, and I don't normally, I'm not trying to praise my own ability, but it was like, one of those ones where it's like, this is cool. It's like, has this spin where it's like, um... God, okay. I'm gonna look, look it up. I'm gonna yeah, look yeah. it up. I'm gonna look it up. Okay, let's keep talking. But I'm gonna yeah. No, it. don't even worry about the break because uh, the the magic of editing. Oh right. Um, uh, yes, this is really funny. I like it. Okay. So so you wrote it from past life. Oh, okay. So so my my verse was because I never got to be young. I was born an old soul. I feel like Bob Dylan's son, oh, always cool. in the shadow. I gotta find my own way to write a song. So I love that, like, yeah, that idea of if you're Bob Dylan's son, which obviously Jacob Dylan, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 but like almost more the sort of like 
abstract idea that like what a terrifying yeah. to be like I no think matter, I'm an artist I, yeah. I want to create but I'm I will never get no matter how good it. you get yeah yeah so I just was like I don't know I like that for the it's past like, life thing I was like it's like playing soccer as Leo Messi's yeah you know no like, matter I'm what, never gonna like, get hey that kid good. you're good that's nice yeah. you know and you're just yeah oh. <laughs> yeah yeah, that's. Uh, I find that stuff fascinating. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a great example. I mean, like, I love like, uh, you know, musician or even athlete types of like documentaries, biographies, because I do think there's something yeah. like almost like doomed about a child of a superstar of any yeah, kind. Yeah, I mean, you you can't like, um, and then conversely, mm-hmm. conversely, is that the right? I I feel very fortunate to have had like just like sort mm-hmm. of no musical precedent or 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 really any like my parents are both like my, so your family was not musical yeah my okay. school teacher my dad uh worked for different like churches at different times and like doing different counseling for people at different times. Mm-hmm. but just nothing like yeah i i i never felt like i had a daunting thing to live up mm. to you know yes, and, yeah. and I and in a lot of ways like my own um I guess drive um I was always just like where the hell did I come from because I'm like um you know before the band and having this sense of like you know like oh my god I'm supposed to you know do something I don't know what it is and and I just I I felt like it, I was I had a, a lot of friends in bands when I was mm-hmm. a teenager that kind of did the like punk rock touring thing and, and yeah. came out of it and um, my art my brother my best friend growing up was this band Death by Stereo Jim Minor and he he like the I watched him do the the cycle of touring and 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 the how quickly it burnt out and and my idea my impression of it was just like oh that's just how it goes you, yeah you get to do it for like two years and then yeah it's that's over. yeah um and it and it just was looked so hard yeah. the way that he that they were that they were living in um and yeah just nothing about it made me like like I want that you yeah. know it was just sort of like oh man it it doesn't feel like what I wish it was you know and so um so yeah so later you know we didn't really start the band I think until I was 25 or something so it felt like by that time I, I was but were just you, like, were you guys like I think I read you guys were a college band like you yeah. formed in college well yeah technically kind of after but we had these friends it was the funniest thing because I I had gone to junior college and then transferred to this small Christian LA like liberal arts school yeah. that, that I just thought like okay I'm gonna be here for two years I probably won't you know, make any friends. This will just be this little yeah. blip in my life. I, I, I don't know why I'm really going here at all. My, my dad had a connection there. He wanted me to go there. I, I felt like really lame going there. You know, okay, I yeah. didn't get into like UCLA or something. Else right, that right. I might want. Anyway, um, what a good advocate for everything happens. For oh my a reason, god! Right? Totally, like, <laughs> totally, totally. I mean, yeah. I, 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 it's it's shocking. I, in that in that first year that I was there. Um, or old guitar player Johnny, a bass player Matt Moss. I mean, um, I. But more importantly, like we had this crew of friends that all like the music that they loved and and, and were like 
just into like everybody I had never in in high school or with the friends that I had um, you know like punk rock stuff and you know like Epitaph Fat Records to like to you know what are the Misfits and the Clash and all this cool stuff that I still love but not like um, (laughs) just like the you know I don't know the this crew that was much more of a sort of encyclopedia of like yeah the Velvet Underground to Captain Beefheart to the Smiths to Bell and Sebastian who like whatever just all over and I was like oh my god like I I had that like just my, with my brother and a mm-hmm. couple of friends but um, but suddenly I was just like oh my god these th- these people just know so much about all this music and it almost was we were never the kind of people that like where there was someone sitting around playing an acoustic guitar you right. know, it was almost more like ooh that's not what we're into like we're interested in like listening and talking about like you know just the culture of all of all this music and um yeah, and so it changed my life, and, and I, and I'm, all, like, all my closest friends are from that time, so yeah. it's kind of bizarre, yeah. Because what, what I found incredible was, like, to be a band that formed in school or in college or whatever, like, I, you know, you asked me if I if I played, and should, back then I did play, but I always found the hardest thing about, like, a college band, or it's like, you meet four guys you form a band and it's like you know this week two of the guys are available next right, week right, right. three guys are available and it's like to get all four guys in the room consistently every week was yeah. always uh, you know so and so missed last week we gotta catch him up on this right, and it was right, like right. never it always felt like the biggest challenge at least was it was just getting the four of you at the same it's time it's so you know? hard yeah. it's impossible and everyone's got their own life and whatever yeah. you know so that's why I yeah. wonder if it's I mean you could talk about the pros and cons of like earlier or later and I, and right I like of course for us like I mean later it's probably even harder you got more in a way yeah more. and I, I mean if, if you're if you're 17 and everyone's got you know everyone's just like yeah what else are we gonna do let's go crazy yeah. and just do this and you're just absorbing everything all the time but yeah, being I, I so I think we were on the my, my side was like I played soccer too, right? And so it was like two nights of the week were already gone right, right there, you know? right? So right, right. yeah, that's funny. I played soccer too, yeah. Um, and uh, and I always felt a little bit. It's funny because I, I felt, I have my music friends and I have my like you know yeah soccer friends yeah yeah friends. And I, I, I feel like being able to exist in a lot of different circles mm-hmm. like yeah. that was like, in hindsight, incredibly helpful. I could see how like, probably some of my sports friends like, oh, you're kind of like a little more weirdo musician guy. The, the musician right, sure. people are like, you're like, a, are you a jock? Like, no, yeah, yeah. you know, or something. Um, but in, yeah, again, in hindsight, it was like, I just, it. I see even now, you know, even in forties, like friends that have these hangups about like, oh, do I belong here? This mm-hmm. and that, and it's like, no, nah, dude, it, none of it matters. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. None, none of it matters. Be where you want to be. Yeah, you know. Do, and um, but anyway, yeah, I think like being twenty five, I had graduated college. I had done this teaching credential program, where I was doing student teaching. Um, uh, in a high school classroom thinking I was going to do like teach English in high school and I think because I had sort of ran this whole course of this thing and I, I and I really I knew it for a while but like kind of all at once I was like oh my god I, I do not want this mm-hmm. and not only that but like I um, we, we, we had our uh, the, our other friends Dave Kwan is our guitar player now he was 
in this other band at the time called mm-hmm. The Color, and they were our friends that like had a record deal, had a 15 passenger van, were yeah. going on tour. Um, and I just, you know, I, I would I would see them while I was, you know, I was teaching. I'd go hang out with them some, and I'd just be like, this is the life I want. You know, okay. like, I don't yeah, even yeah. care. They lived like in a in a shoebox with a, yeah. like a 10 layer bunk bed thing and paid nothing and just worked on music. And I was like, okay, I, I don't know if I wouldn't have done that. Sooner, yeah. I think that's the weird thing. Right, I would have right. felt like, like somehow like I was blowing it or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. But strangely enough at like whatever, 24, 25, I was like, yep, this is the time to just mm-hmm. go all in on this. And I don't even care. Yeah. Like I care a lot what happens, but I also, like I, I the the minute that we kind of really committed, all that being said, the minute that I, I was like, it, it's so strange in hindsight, but it was almost like the guys were there. I just had to grab them and tell yeah. them, like, yeah, yeah. hey, we're gonna do this band. We're gonna. It's very serious. Yeah, you know, like we're all in. We're so committed. You have this job. You have that job. But like whatever you're doing, this is has to be the only thing that matters yeah. you know and, and, it, and it just kind of was right from the jump so then you are your parents being not music people right. how did they feel about you know your dad you're saying your you dad know, wanted you to go to that school yeah and, yeah I think I think they were you know and, and I guess I I guess they were probably were happy that I did go to school and did yeah. all that stuff so which is yeah I mean sort of like what are you going to say at that point mm-hmm. um, and I think uh, I mean, definitely it was a, I'm sure they were like, uh, like, I'm sure they, I'm sure they were like, that's what the hell are you doing? But, yeah. But it, at that point it just, it didn't really matter, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, and it was in the, in the, you know, years later when they were like, oh my God, you guys are, you know, you're in the LA times or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Of course it's that thing with parents where you're, right. Once they you're see in you, a so, newspaper, yeah. you're in print, yeah. you know, so it's like, whatever. Okay, great. Yeah. So now you get it. But, um, but yeah, it was nice to feel like, uh, the, the, the sheer like confidence mm-hmm. that we had at that time because of, I think because of life kind of like, closing a lot of doors you know yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and and being and, and getting to see like you know i could do other stuff there's a lot of i, I thought you know i was like, like i want to i could do more school and do like a creative writing program or, or a this or that but i just was like uh, like suddenly seeing this this like get in your own van and, mm-hmm. and, and go what was like oh my god that's it that's that's what i want yeah and here we are now 20 years later yeah, <laughs> yeah. Insane. So let's yeah. let's talk about you. You guys put out your latest album just last November. Um, yeah, self titled record. Yeah. Um, tell me, I found that really interesting. Now, ten albums in, um, why did now feel the, the right time to put out a, a self titled record? That's often something that maybe happens first, or yeah, you know, I think partly I like the novelty of it being, you know, way not the first or the yeah, third yeah. or whatever, but the tenth and the round number of the tenth and all that, but. Yeah, if, uh, is it I, like a summative kind of? In like, a way, it, yeah. I feel like it's a summary of a lot of styles and influences and writing approaches that that were there from the beginning, but that mm-hmm. are like accum like accumulation of all the ways we've worked and um, and uh, yeah, just all the sort of. Do you do you guys see kind of like 
albums being kind of like a chapter in a, like yeah. a storybook. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I read a quote, I think it was on one of your social medias, that uh, it's either you or Matt said that, you know, it, it felt like you'd been in 10 different bands mm. in the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, because the albums are so different. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, the ways that we've worked the ways that we've made mm-hmm. music and r- written and recorded have, have have ranged so much um and to me i guess what i learned about myself and and what i in some ways knew from the beginning um is that i love bands i love like i love collaboration mm-hmm. and i love uh, uh, uh being in a room together and responding and mm-hmm. and, and you know, communicating through your instruments. Um, but then I also need to lead and I also need to do mm-hmm. what I need. And, um, and that is, that's the, the great, great, uh, I don't know, struggle, the great yeah, paradox yeah. Of, of music is that, yeah. you, you know, you, you do have to have that leader. And I think at, at probably the lowest points is where I, I was like, I didn't really want to be that. And I mm-hmm. wanted us to all really sort of, have this natural flow that didn't mm-hmm. really need to, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, we've worked very much, you know, together and then we've made, uh, I've made tons of songs and records with, you know, myself and just a single producer or whatever and, and everywhere in between. Well, that was something I read that was really interesting about this album is you, you, you kind of worked with a, like a, a good number of producers yeah. and collaborators. Yeah, yeah. Why was that, you know, think you so crucial for this album? Well, I think I, we had like three or four records that I had done with, with Lars Stoppers produced. Um, and I think in a lot of ways he helped he kind of really saved and preserved a, a, a sense of what Cold War Kids, you know, is and could be and helped me, uh, I don't know, kind of just like hone that. And, yeah. Um, and, and then we, and then it kind of hit that time where it's like, man, okay, I really need to branch out. I really need to like, um, I need to kind of, challenge myself a little bit to work with different people because I can do this and mm-hmm. I and I think I was working off of that like you know a little bit like afraid of that mm-hmm. and so yeah these last um, some of the New Age Norms record we, we branched out a lot I worked with a lot of different people and then this self-titled was really like finding those people that I just you know love working with and and are you know, but most more than anything just getting the best songs from wherever that mm-hmm. comes from you know so um, this guy Malay who's done like Frank Ocean Lord stuff to all over like we did a few songs and like was such an incredible experience and totally completely different than working with somebody like um, like uh, Ethan Greska we did this mm-hmm. song another name together it's like getting to see. Um, I mean, producers, the best producers are, I mean, uh, you know, any people really in pop especially know this, but it, um, but like the producers are often the most talented people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, in, in any room. Um, and, uh, and the, the sort of model of the musician that, 
doesn't know their way around any of their own production is pretty old school at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so um, I I feel like you know we could sort of go one of two ways. Um, the only old school people that survive working that way, you got to you have to be really successful. You have to mm-hmm. spend a lot of money making records because a band in a room working it out together with a producer who's just sort of sitting back and letting you figure out songs and all that stuff. It's like, it's an enormous mm-hmm. um, process that is totally different than a one-on-one writing a song yeah. together. And one is not better than the other, but like, um, but for sure, like, uh, I want to evolve, you know, and I want to, I want to like be exposed to these people that I, I want to have the experience going into mm-hmm. write a song with somebody where like I'm blown away by their talent, yeah, you yeah. know, and like, um, it's nice to be talking about this because I'm kind of realizing, oh right, that's it's harder to articulate. So a lot of this is just you go on feeling, you know, and yeah, you, yeah, and I seek these people out and like. Um, and then that goes for like, um, this guy, Casey Lagos and, um, but that I met through my brother-in-law, this guy, Max Epstein, he was a band military gun. He started producing and he's done it. He mm-hmm. does this whole other different world. But like a lot of it is like, I, I want to work with people whose resume is impressive mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Sure. But I want to really like the person yeah. and, and, and get along. And, and a lot, sometimes it's even like my it's taste a relationship, right? isn't it's like, as important yeah, as it. like, it's yeah, a click. So that's a strange thing because yeah. so much of where we came from was like, oh, let's find that producer that did that record that we love. Yeah, you know? right, right. And we did that. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, it, it's fine. And other times it was not fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the world has changed so much in that time. And I think there's like, yeah. there's so many really talented really unknown producers out there that are extremely capable that I think now know like there are so many people who can do this job you you are either like the next generation they just seem so much cooler (laughs) you know what I mean they just seem like a a good hang and like really flexible more open minded more like yeah um, like that like they even just like to genre like it's it's not so exclusive those walls of genre are, are just yeah. breaking down more and more every yeah. year you know? and that stuff is fascinating I mean I like and, and it makes me want to and no matter, it makes you want to be around those people of course you know? and no matter how talented you are you know personalities have to fit like you said if you're not a good hang right you know and then you could just not be a good hang to a certain type of person right yeah. so it's so interesting too because for I've I've talk to some people where it's like yeah I, I need to be spitballing with someone in order yeah. to get the best out yeah, and then yeah, yeah. I've spoken to some people who are like I need to be completely secluded yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. in nature even sometimes totally, like just totally. to be away from the I mean I need a, a, a degree just, of that especially yeah. for lyric writing but those people who can, who can do that by mm-hmm. themselves with a laptop or, or however they work is yeah I, I think a lot of it is is learning about knowing yourself you know, yeah, yeah. and what works for you and, and I've tried actually to do that a lot I've tried to like work on stuff by myself but I truly like I get I can't do it I yeah, get so yeah. bored but also it, it, life is a yeah, factor right. too like I have I have three kids I have a family right. like life is very very busy there so like I I want to go in work with somebody who I can you know laugh with and yeah. riff with and, and, and um, yeah spitball the song Run Away With Me um, was probably one of the most played songs in our household. Mm. 
in the last year. Um, I showed I showed that song to my wife, and my wife is someone if she really likes a song, then it's it's on all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that was one of the songs that was cool. that was uh, that was played a lot in our household. Um, tell me a little bit about you know where the melody from that song came from. Um, and just, yeah, tell me what was inspiring. It's kind of like, to me, it's like a, a will you choose me mm. type of love song. Yeah. yeah. Um, tell me, tell me what was inspiring that song, both melody, lyrically. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, it was the biggest labor of love, I think, of, of, of the record. And it was the first song we worked on. It was early pandemic and we were with this producer, Carlos de la Garza, who we started working with, um, Early in the pandemic, he was—he actually was starting. He was going to work on this Paramore record that he did soon after, and and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and his daughters were uh, in the band Linda Lindas, and they oh, had yeah, this yeah. explosion moment while we were there. But for us, I feel like it was a weird, like, existential crisis time where we were like, it, it felt—it just felt very like we had put out so much music, and it felt like maybe too much, and maybe we lost our way a little mm. bit, and. And I just felt that's a tricky part in doing like a three part. Yes, exactly. Because then all of that's got to yeah, yeah, fit within. Yes, and I. It's I, probably refreshing being finished it. Yes, and then being like, so, let's move on to something yes, new. Yeah. Yes, exactly, and I. That is so true, and I can't even say how, <laughs> how, uh, yeah, what a strange process it was because I, yeah. you know, I even realized like, a, like a, you know, you, you just you make choices and you run with them and that's what yeah, I, yeah. I love having the freedom to do that and then at the same time it's like at one point years later our booking agent was like well you know uh, uh, people didn't come to your shows as much for the new age because like if you've seen New Age Arms one, do you need to see right, two, two and yeah, three yeah, as yeah, opposed to just a different Even though they are new albums. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, you're right. I, of course, that's I interviewed so an like, artist who named their album part one or whatever, and then uh, did two other albums that uh, work, and I was like, did you just, he's like, yeah, I just didn't feel like doing that anymore. So right. I was like, why, why am I going to spend it because I don't feel like I have to? Right, and right, right. Anyways, but yeah. so funny. Yeah. And <laughs> I, of course, have very in principle enough to be like, I've got to finish it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah. again, so, so glad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it taught me a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah so, so, so you're in the studio. So, so that way with me. Right. Yeah. So we were in the studio, Carlos, early pandemic, already a strange and kind of, yeah. you know, very confusing time. Is music ever going to happen again? Oh my God. Do we, you know, what are we doing and why and all that yeah. stuff. Um, and that song, um, yeah, we, we actually had a, like five other songs that we had done together and all of them I just was like, ah, I, like I'm, I, my aim is like, I never want to be a pain in the ass artist that like, like works really hard with other people on stuff and that doesn't release it because there's mm. so many mm. people that do that and like, yeah. and, um, and work so hard on projects and then second guess them and question them mm-hmm. and, and labor uh, you have all these other people involved and then you just sort of you fall out of love with it and that's it and I'm like I, I've just always been like don't do that it's it's mm-hmm. don't overthink it if you love it and you made it um, you probably should put it out this was the first time I stopped being that okay way, I guess like um, it was more just like okay I need to like 
You know, it, it's it's a terrible thing to be like, what's the most important thing? Is it is it loving the process? Is it mm-hmm. loving the final product? Is it is it um, stepping away from it for a while and then hearing it back and loving it? Is it sometimes other people loving it and convincing you that it is mm-hmm. lovable? You know, all these yeah, yeah. things. Like, it just gets, you know, I hate that stuff because it's complicated. I don't, you know, I don't want to be that complicated. And so, um, but so anyway, all that, this song run away with me very much came from that and um we had done this song Quan and Schwartz and I actually because we were all uh, all of us were going to Carlos at the time and um and I think Quan had that bass line you know we were just kind of like hanging out and, and it felt like we were listening to this like Sly Stone very mm. like 70s kind of rock and roll soul types of things and and it just felt like really cool and yeah this sort of like escapism like mm-hmm. love song thing um very desperate and um yeah it just kind of came together in this way that um that it wasn't that it sat there for a very long time mm. a couple years really okay. and, and then and before we kind of reworked it a little bit i mean that stuff this is the again the stuff i hate because i'm like I played it for a couple people at the time and like, yeah, cool. And then it's like years later where, you know, in we make these tiny little tweaks. Yeah, yeah. Added this background vocal here, you know, re retract guitar here, so it's kinda of more and uh, um and then suddenly like it's just jumping out to people. They're like, Oh my mm-hmm. god, this is this is this and I and like that's wow. all took. Like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy, and that's what kills me about music. Sometimes is that my sense, as I was saying before, of like just you know finish it, wrap it up, don't overthink it, walk yeah. away. It's like that's not you not know you're always, you're just yeah. always juggling so many. Yeah. You know you have those little things. Even like you know you'll get in the car and plug in your phone and hear a demo from so long ago and be like, hold on, oh my god, wait a minute this is good I think or there's something here and then it's like you know so it's like mm-hmm. you're kind of always you know there's there's always those um, pieces of things that are dangling but that was one that um, that yeah I was so glad I just needed to get in an environment with a this was a, a different um, engineer producer this guy Matt neighbor Australian guy awesome we got in a room together and we're just sort of like so it's just the right listening years back, really yeah. yeah listening back to stuff and going like oh it's like you know, I, I don't want to over tinker, over do it, but I just was like, let's do it. And then we, yeah, we just like, I kind of, I sang this, it was the third, it was this like third chorus drop down thing where I was like, I'm giving, I can't sing right now because my voice is too raggedy, but it was like this super high, like soaring vocal that just made that third chorus like feels so much better yeah and it was like oh now now the whole thing just flows well, start yeah. to finish where yeah. before it was like just this part it, i just got lost in it so yeah anyway unbelievable yeah well last thing i want to ask about um because i gotta let you go but um i mean now you guys well, yeah, you've, right. you've already put out another single since the album came out um but my overall observation when i was looking through your 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 um catalog of work um, is you guys really come off to me as like a real kind of working man's band. Um, you know, there's an album at least every two years mm-hmm. um, with EPs in between. The amount of releases you guys have put out in, in 20 years is incredible. Um, how do you guys keep yourself, you know, um, from being distracted or how do you keep yourself creative like 
to to be that consistent really you know yeah yeah well again like i was saying with you with working with different producers like i that to me that opening that door of not being intimidated or afraid to either hit somebody up or get paired with somebody hey you should go work with my friend you know mm. I mean, that to me would be like years ago i mean for the first literally like 15 years of me doing this i'd be like oh my god that's that sounds so like hard and weird and scary maybe a waste of a day maybe mm -hmm. awkward whatever it is and i've had those days that have been very awkward and been like, oh, this isn't a good fit whatever but you have to kind of have that and again like i feel like anybody under 30 they have that like right. thick skin like hey yeah, you should yeah. work with my friend boom, 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 boom. ah i don't know whatever we you know we came up with this but what like you don't like dwell on the and of course for artists it's different you're going to be more sensitive and more delicate with with your work and all that stuff mm -hmm. but at the same time when you've been doing it this long working with people who you are going to them for what they do to a yeah. certain extent like um yeah like ethan greska he is insanely talented dude who is his own music who's done this produced for so many great artists and like i kind of know what he is gonna do he's like the mm. you know he's he's you're, he's holding you you're in very good hands you know so um that is is probably the best way to have longevity is it, is it ever hard to you know separate the passion of making music from the job like for you oh, guys it is it totally yeah <laughs> yeah the job of making music yeah 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 um especially when I, you're putting out that much yeah, music you know like, yeah 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 um yeah it's just different you know I, I, it's 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 always been this way where since the beginning you're finding your finding analogies for what a musician's life is like and in ways because you like you know very quickly i'm realizing oh you know my friends who are whatever a teacher or went to law school or whatever like our lives are totally different um but um but it's uh it's it's a life you mm -hmm. know the life of an artist could be so many different things and so it's kind of up to you to find like what works well and i do think um there's there's uh it, that part of it that you can't just sort of look to yeah. your friend and say like oh yeah your life's like mine you know mm -hmm. you know we're we're doing all right you know you work this much and, and so do i and that makes us good people or whatever you know like mm -hmm. and that i feel good about you know it's it's a lot harder to gauge your your yeah everything your self-worth your progress yeah. your all that stuff but um but uh i like that i mean i like that type of just being able to um live a whole life off of like feel you mm -hmm. know and a lot of, yeah. again i think like having a family is a huge this is the oldest cliche but just like mm -hmm. being grounded in that course, and like yeah. if i wasn't it's like okay this is where i'm like this is this kind of mm -hmm. life with you know being present and family and life and all this stuff um that you know you really compartmentalize i think yeah. like you have to um and so when i have free time it's just um 
I don't know. I think I function pretty well when I don't have any free time. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like, there's just always something to be doing. And even being on tour again, and it's the first time that we've been on our own tour for so many years. But it's back to that, you know, reminder of just like, every day is like, aside from the, you know, the show, the time that we're on stage, it's just like, it's really easy to slip into like, a, like, ah, shit, what am I doing today? How can I, you know, I'm kind of a little depressed or a little needing, mm. you know, but like, it's just kind of like, nope, you gotta, you gotta find the thing, keep even if it's a very yeah. small win, you know, grounded, find, yeah. find that moment, find that thing, whether for me, it could be as dumb as small as like getting a little bit of time to read or getting a workout or do mm-hmm. or, or, you know, yeah. Um, but I guess it's all connected to a degree of just like, um, to me, like sustaining the there's two things there's like the great feeling of having a song that we have forever that we get to mm. play forever yeah. you know the song hospital beds from our first record i still love and adore that song and we could play it every night or not play it it's always there yeah i can't take it away that's <laughs> you cool. know yeah yeah and then at the same time like um uh, you know, I want there to be more of those, mm-hmm. um, but I can't really like. Um, you just kind of have to be, be. You know, be in the place that you are now, and mm-hmm. in some ways, like. In some ways, um, I guess every even when I was a kid, I remember thinking like you know everybody with their job, whether you sell insurance or whatever it is that you do, like you're. There's a you, you sort of like become a little bit of a freak for that. Of course, thing. You, yeah, you, you have no matter to, what, yeah. you have to. Yeah, you got to do it every single day. You right, know? you have to give yourself to yeah. it, even yeah. if you resent it and hate mm-hmm. it. You still have to, and to have have this job where I always want more, and I and mm-hmm. I love what it's given me, and and and, and all this stuff. Um, having the sort of that balance of a relationship where, um, where it's like healthy, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, it, it is, it's like, yeah, it's just an ongoing, very nice, strange let's, thing. Yeah. Let, let's wrap with quickly speaking about the new song, because yeah. I think it's really good and it's worth talking about, yeah. um, heaven in your hand. Um, to me, just hands. that hands, yeah. sorry, heaven <laughs> okay. in your hands. Okay. Yeah. Um, but to me like that, the, the, the question of what if heaven fell into your hands yeah. uh, is such a kind of beautiful question. Um, tell me, tell me where that came from. Yeah. Um, that was a very personal for me where a friend that, um, but also it felt sort of very like a universal thing mm-hmm. or a pandemic thing, especially yeah, yeah. like a lot of people losing hope and, 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 and not just being sad, but getting really cynical and mm-hmm. angry and, you know, seeing it on the news, but, but seeing it in friends and seeing it affect friendships and, and, um, and not just, I think I have a, you know, we all have like a real tendency to just be like, you know, stop that, get over that. Let me mm-hmm. prove why, you know, that's stupid or that theory is wrong or, 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 or why you should, you know, you know, trust of the, whatever your friendships or the government or whatever, whatever it is, you know, um, instead, you know, forget all that. Don't like the debate of that, but just kind of like the more way more abstract question about, 
um, about the, the deeply personal side, the, the sort of like, um, just like, uh, yeah, what if you, what if you were to get exactly what you want, Mm -hmm. whether that's, you know, the job you want or the, the love you want or the, um, or, uh, yeah, whatever that thing is that, that you're sitting there really bitter about how the, you know, the world is conspiring against you. What if that thing did fall into your hands? And, um, and, uh, yeah, that one took actually kind of a long time. Um, and again, you know, like I was so happy to be able to take the time to get it because it, uh, it's, it's so I've, there's we've I've had, a, I've written a lot of Colby Kid songs that stayed in a very abstract place, mm-hmm. you know, that like, um, that have these, have like little cool things that I, that are, that say something, but, but, probably wouldn't aren't nearly as specific but they always come from a place where it's usually a friend or a relationship or something Mm -hmm. that that really is uh has an origin whereas this one is like yeah so hyper specific Mm -hmm. to a time and 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 to a friend and um and but but also to like a worldview you know yeah and um so yeah so i'm i'm really proud of that song and i and i I really like it. And it's in a, in a like being able to put the record out, and then that one didn't quite fit on the record, so to put it out as a single at the beginning of this tour was like so so cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And it is like you said, it, it, whether it was written about a specific person, it's one of those ones that the listener can really interpret in their yeah. own universe or you know their own mindset yeah. where they are. So yes, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nathan, this was really this was a great hang. Thank, Thank you. you so much. I, I, really I, I, I wish this. we had more time and I didn't have a band match no, for soundcheck. No, no, that's amazing. Thank you. I appreciate Thank your you time. so much. Thank this you. This was a blast. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.